Welcome to TerryWilson3.com, home of TW3. Are you ready to take your money, business, and life to the next level? You are worth more, and you're about to hear how and why. So buckle up and listen up as we journey to the next level. Please welcome your guys to reach your goals, the TW3 family. family. That's right. Episode 544 of the TW3 podcast. We're talking about funny business. Funny business. And I've got a funny man uh, himself in the studio with me, Mr. Chris Roop at chrisroop.com. How you doing, funny man? I'm doing spectacular. It's been a while. It's been a while. 544 episodes. That's all I heard. 544 544 episodes. 544 episodes. I feel exhausted just hearing the number. Good Lord. You ought to try to do it. <laughs> nah, it's been fun though. It's been, yeah. it's been, uh, it's been a it's been a ride. I, if you had told me years ago this I'd still be doing this, I'd be like, really? <laughs> You've been doing it for five hundred and forty four times. Five hundred and forty four, which represents about once a week, uh, sometimes twice a week, and uh, starting out in a br- you start uh, trying to extrapolate that. So it's been a couple of years. It's been for fourteen years. <laughs> you have five hundred forty four in fourteen years. Uh, I guess that's about right. I, I can't spell so. <laughs> yeah, you probably didn't do 52 a year. So 52 going out, it's about 10 years or yeah, yeah, 10, 11, 12 years. 12 years. And then you probably missed a week or two here yeah, and there. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. It's yeah. a long time. That's it's a, a long lot time. of podcasts. That was before podcast was podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I got turned on by podcasting by a guy named Cliff that's sort of considered the OG of podcasting. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what his whole shtick was, was yeah, teaching yeah. people podcasting back in the day. I've heard of him a few times in my yeah journeys and what's so weird is now we're buddies some really I just, yeah someone i just uh heard on the uh what is that cliff ravenscraft ravenscraft oh, he's the podcaster teaches podcasting that's what he used to do now he's it. into mindset coaching and yeah. those kinds of things but uh good guy but hey we have got a project coming up that yes, i wanted sir. to get you on because this sort of goes in dovetails with what uh, we advocate here a lot with our entrepreneurs. You know, a lot of times business can come across boring and it can be boring, um, especially if it's something traditional, insurance, real estate, direct sales, contracting, all this. And there's nothing wrong with that. But uh, what we always say is, listen, you can find anything that you love and build a business around it. Right. And that's what you've done. And we're going to be able to do a little joint venture off of that. Looking forward to it. It's going to be a blast. So what have you been doing for the last couple of years? You started off uh, in one career and you're still in that, but you're doing something else. Yes, I have uh, slowly been shifting over to comedy. (laughs) Well, I think you've always Uh been there. It's just the stadium. Well, the the room has changed. (laughs) And that's a big that's a big uh, that's a big deal because, you know, it's one thing to be funny. And a lot of people say, oh, I have a cousin who's funny. He should do comedy. Uh, and I was probably told that maybe some because I try to be funny all the time. But it's a whole nother thing. Yeah. And I don't think I really realized it. I, I had a desire back when I was pretty young. I've always said off and on over the years. I was like, man, you know, maybe one day I'd like to just uh, go and do an open mic. I just wanted to. It's sort of one of those. What do you call it? Your bucket list items. Yeah. So that one day. One day, one day do. when the kids are grown, and uh, so I, I got to do it by um, solely because of a fundraising idea. Me and my wife have a foundation that helps um, raise money for adoptions, and so we did our first fundraiser about I don't know five years ago. And the the hook on it was, I said, well, what we'll do to raise money for it is we'll do a comedy show, and the draw will be. I'm going to get up and it's so it's a, it's a no lose situation. You're either going to laugh at me because I'm funny or you're going to laugh at me because I bombed. Either way, you're going to get a laugh. You're getting a laugh. And if you're a good friend of mine, you can remind me of it regularly. (laughs) Um, So I went at it and that's what we did. And I I, I did it that day, fell in love with it. And I've been doing it ever since. That is cool. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, that is very cool. So here's something that you're passionate about and uh, you're in this one career path and uh, it's something you're just like, eh, it might be. And then boom, you're doing it. And uh, you just uh, designed a brand new website that just looks great. The design on it's just awesome. ChrisRoop.com, R-U-P-P-E.com. Yep, yep. Chris Roop. And uh, you're using some of the TW3 tools. 
I'm using, uh, I guess, all of them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'm hosting it through there, and I'm using the back end, the um, the software to generate all my all your lead. contacts, leads, follow ups, yeah. and um, tested it, and it all is working. And I've actually uh, booked two shows through it already. So that is awesome. Not too bad. Yeah. So that it, guys, no matter what business you're in, uh, it all comes down to this: you got to have people. Yes. You got to have people to to make laugh. Or make cry, <laughs> or preach at, or teach at, or whatever. But it right. requires people, so uh, I love it. Well, I am excited about this new podcast you and I have uh, been talking about for uh, probably over a year now. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it, this is just, now this is for both of us. Yeah, it this is a passion is, area. Yeah, so. it really is. You're doing it professionally. I just do it. You know, when I get behind the pulpit, yeah, you know, I would want to do this podcast even if I wasn't doing comedy. Now, I do hope that the podcast generates some leads and sure and drives it some feeds that that. But yeah. heck, man, this is this is going to be fun, even if only 10 people watch it. We're, we're going to do it regardless. <laughs> this is a vanity project that's, for that's sure. Exactly. We're doing no it question. for our entertainment. That's right. But if you want to sign up for this new podcast, you can go over to wtfpodcast.fun. That's WTF, WTF podcast.fun. Now, what what could two pastors, two Christians come up with? What could that stand you, for? Yeah, that's your doing, man. I'm not going to take credit for that. <laughs> the, 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 the whole premise of the show is why is this funny? Yes, we're why comedy this, nerds, and we're just going to break down different comedy bits from our favorite comedians and different things that we think is funny. Right. And just uh, nerd out on it. Yep. You know, just break it down, talk about the chord structure, the rhythm, the timing, you know, the key it's in, yes. everything. Why'd we like it? And in some cases, it's just freaking hilarious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but why is this? But it, it's very interesting. Why is this making me laugh? Yes. You know, yep. and different things make different people laugh. Well, I'm curious of what yours are going to be. Uh, uh, I, I, that's probably what, you know, I'm sure it's going to be. Well, I've got one teed up for you. Oh, I've got a, the, here's one, one of my favorite jokes of all time. All right. Now I'm going to warn coming. everyone that this is potentially, if you take your politics serious, could be offensive, uh -oh. but this is the reason why I think it's funny because yeah. Uh, it, so you're going controversial. It's controversial. Podcast, not even the actual podcast. Yeah. Leading up to the podcast. Yeah. All right. I'm going I'm going straight in. But this is one of my all right. All time because I just think and we'll we'll talk about, but here's what the comedian said. Trump is such a racist dope, he almost tempted me to vote for a woman. Now I love you that. Know what that <laughs> before you play it, I generally don't have any idea what you're getting ready to play. That well, way. I didn't. I didn't have it. I don't have it keyed up to oh, play. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're it not playing it. I'm not playing it. This you're reading is, it. Well, let, let me guess who it is. Okay, you'll probably know. Is it Bill Burr? Yes, because <laughs> only Bill Burr could get away with that. Uh, yeah, but <laughs> it's why, so bad. without his voice, we won't. I I'll go ahead and give you my reaction. I like the fact that he, in one joke, offended both sides. Oh, he offended everybody. He offended everyone <laughs> with one joke. Which is, which is normal. So he you don't called. know if you hate him or love him. It's like, it's true. You're, you're saying it's true, but which part? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so it doesn't matter if you were a Hillary, because this was back during 2016, of course. Oh, okay. Well, that that's this context. Was, the context really is matter. everything. So it's during the 2016. Say, read it one more time. So during the during that uh, race between Trump and Hillary Clinton, he came out and said Trump is such a racist dope. He, he is almost tempting me to vote for a woman. Almost tempted me. It's not that he's going to vote for a woman. He would rather <laughs> vote for a racist. But that's what that's what I'm saying. That there is There's so many nuances. There's in that. so Every many word layers. Is pregnant on that one. There's so many layers in that thing. He is so racist and what? He is so he's such a racist dope. Racist he, dope. He uh, he's almost he has almost tempted mm. me to vote for a woman. So on the front part of the joke, he's 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 uh, coming after racism, but on the back side of the joke, he's okay with me. <laughs> a misogynist. A misogynist. <laughs> I mean, wow. 
That's a lot. You said a lot in that, that sentence. That's good. That's a great line. That, that is a great joke. Now, it's a, a joke. joke. I don't mean none of that from back to front. And I don't know. And I know it's just the structure of that joke is so brilliant to me. Yeah. The almost to me is one of my favorite words in the whole joke is almost. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> you know, because he said, I decided to vote for a woman. <laughs> <laughs> almost <laughs> one i'm a misogynist but i'm not even sure i would rather be a racist <laughs> than vote for a woman that's what i'm saying that there is so that's much bad. in that that's terrible it's just terrible yeah that's a great joke so that's perfect <laughs> and that's a one-liner we're not going to look at one-liners necessarily we might look at a whole bit yeah but that one line we could have done just that one line do you know where he did it at yeah, he. I think he did that in. Uh, I can look it up here. Like who? Who? Who allowed him to do it? Because I do know that when you go. No, to, he did that on a show. He did that on Conan's show. Really? When he was being in, it wasn't even on one of his stand-ups. So he just during the interview said it. Yeah, because he had just he recorded his uh, his episode uh, for, during the 2016 build-up. I think that one was down in Atlanta. Well, the interesting thing about that is, uh, or Nashville, well, he can get me, away Nashville. with it. They like him coming on because he's so controversial. I mean, one of my favorite things that he did that one time when is when he talked about he and he offended so many people the the military thing. Yes, and he, it, like like the guy got on the plane and they all like applauded this guy for his service and he was like, you know, that just is doesn't make sense to me. You know, why are we? What if he's the guy who's like just changing the tire on the <laughs> on the airplanes i mean is he really a hero i mean i'm really gonna stand he was getting up into the, the the degrees of valor <laughs> he's getting paid to change a tire i don't think you're a hero at all i just I, now yeah. did you, if you if you were you know fighting flying that plane sure into battle and you got shot at okay well you can have my seat but see those and waters then he went straight from that i think just something about a fat guy sitting next to him or something i mean on that joke he offended like that's what Everybody. I'm saying. Watching him is like watching a guy on a high wire act. Because there's sharks on either side, and he is just like, and to me, it's just brilliant. Well, his Netflix special was over the top. This last one. It was good, though. Oh, I mean, yeah. Talking, Are you being safe? Yeah. <laughs> so. All the way to the end where he says, now I know I've been controversial, so let's land this where we are. And then he, <laughs> he says, let's talk about something less controversial. We can all go home and be friends and not arguing. Abortion. <laughs> His closing bit was on and it's it's hilarious because again that he took the same technique as in that joke except for he did a lot of it. Yeah, he hits on both sides. One, you have no clue. Well, he kind of does say where he stands, but then he says he's probably wrong, which is hilarious. That's what I'm himself. saying. Even he, that is, he never commits. No, there's no. there's no commitment on <laughs> any of that. Very well played. And, uh, you know, and a lot of people that get offended by that stuff, the, I think it's one of the things I think that's good about it yeah. and why comedy can do what nothing else can do. One, it gets everybody in the room to laugh a little bit and relax. Yeah. But two, it exposes both sides and the, the, and the foolishness yeah. of the both sides. Yeah. Um, which in, in this day and time, because uh, Louis C.K. also did a very similar joke um about abortion yeah as that one and the premise is almost the same yeah yeah well i would say it's exactly the same because yeah. he did the exact same thing and went yeah. both sides and then basically he sides with the one side and then his, the both of them's big comedy is but you are killing a baby <laughs> <laughs> and that's the yeah switch to the other side real quick <laughs> yeah yeah just to, to it's great very brilliant writing and like you said earlier, it's really important to understand we're not really talking about politics. No, <laughs> I don't care. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. the the technique. It's that the I'm using. just well. I just appreciate. Um, I mean the brilliance of that, the writing and the 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 the, the whole premise to me is just brilliant. Yeah, it makes you think. It just does, and that's the goal of comedy. Yeah, you know. And if you haven't seen, um, uh. It's, I, I don't know if I can even recommend it. It's pretty, it's pretty hard to, I mean, it's, if you, it's pretty strong, but the marvelous, uh, marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Yes. Um, I watched every great, episode. Great. in that, in the story of, it, it kind of dances in the real world. You know, it's a, a story, bit. 
but yeah, because it had what's his face in it, uh, the com- an actor playing the comedian. I can't believe we're not going to remember his name because he's the godfather of. Again, he was the godfather of dirty comedy, basically. Yes, and you probably wouldn't like him and a lot of what he said in the day, but what he he pushed the limits on free speech, trying to explain that um, when you have free speech, you know you can't then pick and choose what's free and what's not free. Uh, You have to kind of own it as far as you know outside of danger. But um, yeah, but he ended up really pushing that whole limit. and the show kind of deals Lenny with Bruce. Lenny Bruce. Yeah, he was the uh, predecessor to uh, Carlin. Yes. He was the, and even Carlin wouldn't take credit for what Bruce did. Funny, Carlin's a funny one because he started out as, you know, shirt clean, clean suit and tie guy, yeah. uh, hitting a circuit. And boy, he full turn, clean cut, the whole bit. He did the whole 180 on the, he went hippy dippy. And that was one of his. Man, again, you, you know, he's a tough one to listen to if you don't like dirty. But man, his if you can seven get, words you can't say on that's the, brilliant. That's just a, and then he says if them you all. can get, and he had it down to like a, a rhythm too. Yeah, uh, and that's what I I because you know Gina, your sister doesn't like some of the language, and I totally get it. Yeah, totally, totally understand. understand. Totally yeah. understand. But if you can get past that just for a moment and analyze the thought process behind like the seven words you can't say, and really challenging the. The thinking behind it. It's funny. It's hysterical. And it's not just funny. It's educational. Why do we pick these words? And there's other things. And I think it's good for all of us yeah. to be careful about what we latch on to. And I'm not necessarily, I'm clean and I feel like, you know, that's, sure. that's my path. Um, but I think it's good unapologetically to use, clean. Yes. There's nothing wrong with that. I think Absolutely. it's a higher form of comedy. Oh, yeah. It's more work for sure. Yeah. yeah. I don't have the. I don't got the uh, relief valve that some guys have when something's not working. You just drop, right. a, well, it's a drop cheap, of this or yeah, drop that. <clears throat> but it's um, it's it. The, the thinking is, is how do we choose certain ones and why we can't do certain things? Um, you know, it's just and it's really helped me out a lot because I I have value because a lot of comics won't do clean. <laughs> so right, right. Uh, uh, you know, there's people that'll hire me that won't hire those guys. Uh, right, in heartbeat. I just did a couple of shows just for that very reason, you know, it's like, because uh, I'm clean and your other guys weren't. I, if I chose to pursue comedy myself, I would definitely take that path. Even though I love Bill Burr and I love some of these other guys and I can laugh at it and it don't bother me for me personally. I just think it, it is a higher art form to me. Right. And, um, you know, and then that way everybody from every walk of life can enjoy it. Cause Jerry Seinfeld, we just saw him a couple of years ago, back before, I think it was the year before COVID. So it was like 2019, he came to Asheville. Mm. He killed, just yeah. absolutely murdered that room. Yeah. You know? Yeah, his... Uh, and Net- he didn't Net- say one Net- curse Netflix, word. His Netflix special, the one where he goes back in time, not the... I don't think it's the most recent one. It's the one where he's in New York at the club that he was at. Yeah. Probably one of my favorite. I'm not a huge Seinfeld fan. He actually hurt himself with me back... When I watched the show, love the show, one of my favorite shows of all time. But they would play those clips, and I just felt like, yeah, he's all right. Yeah. But when you watch that, and he goes back and and pulls the best from all those years and tells his story, uh, that set is money. Oh yeah, it's one of the best sets. Well, he's a wordsmith. Yeah. And that brought me. What do you think of it? I was just thinking about for me personally. All right. What makes things funny for me? And so, um, of course, a good premise. Yes. Uh, a, a good premise that's not even a joke. It's a storyline that I can just say, well, that's so just, it's rich with, you know, target. It's a target rich environment. Remember the movie with Jim Carrey, Liar, Liar? Yes. The premise is a lawyer that has to tell the truth for a day and then Brilliant. function. You write a whole movie around it. You can write a whole movie around that premise. Brilliant. Yeah. So I thought prim- delivery, you know, the way someone delivers something, sometimes something innocent can be said, but the timing of it, and the inflection of it, and there was something I I used to do from the pulpit was I would uh, during Christmas time one of my bits if you'd call it that was knocking uh, you know making fun of Winter Wonderland in the meadow we can build a snowman and we'll call him Parson Brown Preacher Brown he'll ask are you married we'll say no man but you can do the job when you're in town 
the way you uh, were is the inflection right. and how you say it <laughs> i was using that to say sometimes you can read into scripture and sometimes you can read out of scripture right. it's very important not to read in your own prejudice you know right so i use as a funny illustration right. of of you know interpreting language you yes. know it's a little hermeneutical thing but here again that's something i feel like goes into uh and then who's the target Yes. He's the target because there's always got to be a butt of a joke. Right. The thing about that Bill Burr one is he made fun of Hillary and Trump. Yeah. So I just win if he can always do that. I, to me, that's just brilliant. Uh, and then, of course, the language that you use, the timing, the rhythm. Seinfeld's a wordsmith, and so a right. lot of his stuff's on that. So what would you say goes into? Well, I mean, on those, there's three parts to a, a joke, basically. You know, you got your premise. Yeah. You know, what's, the, what's leading up? Sometimes you'll have a. Uh, setup that you got to do is premise setup punch. Yeah. Uh, then you can add tag, but the premise would be what is it? So sometimes a premise doesn't need to be told, such as like the, the Trump joke. Uh, yeah. That's a freebie. <laughs> um, it's you know what's going on. Yeah. You All know. the players are there, but the sometimes context. you got to say something to set it up. I mean, you right. set the premise up, but then you do the setup to the punch, which is a single line that stands on its own, and then the punch then plays off of the other. And then a tag is like the free gift after the fact, another, you know, thing that you say or whatever, which we know for sure, uh, especially with some of the, you know, I know a couple of the comics that I'm going to pull that we're going to do. Um, we can actually look at all of the, all of those take place and, and fall apart. I think that how you do each one, there's tricks in the mix. Because some guys like, you know, in my opinion, Kevin Hart is, he doesn't always have to do the that structure. That's the rules. Right. Those are the rules. But then you can break the rules. The breaking the rules is um, he's funny in how he talks, yeah. His actual uh, diction and and words and how he does it and and his uh, mannerisms, yeah. uh, even his stature. You yeah. know him being a short guy and and that whole bit, even the way he carries himself and shakes his head. So you can he can do a joke and not even have any of those bits and pieces. What's that whole delivery? It's Nate, his delivery. Nate Bargatze is probably one of my favorite comics. Love that guy. His trick, I mean, he acts as a guy who uses a lot of the techniques, but uh, so some comics, their whole shtick is just being sarcastic the whole time. Yeah. And Nate's figured out he can, in my opinion, he writes out these great jokes, but then he, and he tells stories, but he weaves in sarcasm, uh, self-deprecation and uh, all of that. And that's really what makes him so great. So right. I think those to me, you got to figure out, and I think comics, it's their, you know, who they are and their personality comes into that. You know, some that are physical. Yeah. Uh, Sebastian is, you know, very physical comic. So, yeah. So some of that comes into play. That it's whole not thing even about, about the, the neighbors coming or visitors stopping. The, well, don't talk about that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. to me, uh, I actually have <laughs> stole that before because I lived it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because both my parents are deaf. Even when it wasn't even cool to so do that's anymore. real that's to you. That's not. Oh, yeah, that's the way <laughs> they couldn't call each other and to say, "Hey, hey stop by. I'm going to stop by." They just stopped by. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it happened to me. So uh, we'll definitely talk about it because I'm going to I'm going to play that clip for sure. <laughs> that's going to be. I don't know. This is a fact. I'll do research before we do it. But I want to say that that was his when he that's sort of shifted. And he, you know, I think he was number one this year, and um, he's number one, number two, somewhere in there in gross money like literal how much money in his pocket really came in from uh touring 42 million wow so he's the he was a big dog now the difference he's sort is of like an italian seinfeld to me very funny yeah, yeah but he throws in the physical yeah that's his the way he carries himself and does all the italian stuff and and i think probably you know there's other guys that bring in more than him in the sense of per show they're just not doing as many shows like on the list is um we were just talking about him. Why am I forgetting him? Uh, Big dog. The biggest comedian out there right now. Saturday Chappelle. Night. Dave Chappelle last year only did 11 shows, and he's like in the top 10. <laughs> That's the difference. He gets paid. Does a handful of shows. <laughs> yeah. And he makes the same amount of money. Yeah. 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 So he, it's a... Dave is brilliant, though. I he's mean, a master at... And he's a master at, he don't even have to tell a joke in any premise. He can just tell a story. He just gets up and talks and it's just. Yeah. I mean, and again, he didn't do that in the early days. If you find his other early clips, it's everything is much more, but now he is who he is. I'm not going to say the name of this person, um, but 
only because I was in the room when it happened. Uh, but I was with a comedian who's yeah. a big name in uh, more of the Christian comedy world. Okay. And very well known. He was an, uh, he, he was a secular guy in the past. Uh, so I'm in Texas doing a show. A bunch of us are there hanging out with each other, uh, a bunch of comics. And we were doing, we just went into one of these like wineries or whatever. We're hanging out together and we just kind of was doing stand up in front of whoever was there and for each other. And um, this big name comic gets up and bombs. Ooh. Hard. Ooh. And what made it great for me was I went up afterwards and crushed. And so, uh, you know, that's my claim to fame. <laughs> I crushed after I saved him. the audience after so-and-so. Uh, somebody had to do it. Somebody had to do it. <laughs> but the reason I'm not saying his name is because of this. I, I In the moment, I'm noticing what's going on. He is he is used to being in front of big crowds. Yeah. And when you're in front of thousands, thousands, not hundreds, right? Thousands in your work in a room, it's a lot easier for some of his jokes that he was telling that are not as strong, but yeah. it's the way he carries himself and uh, they just work in bigger crowds and he has a reputation. So people come in wanting the energy to laugh. of a big room had become his crutch. Yes. Yeah. And in that room where it's a winery. And there's 20 or 30 Texans. You got to work harder. Many, some of them are old. Yeah. They're not your context. You have to fill the room. Yeah. And he forgot how to fill the room. Yeah. He lost that muscle. Now, in no way do I think I'm in his league. Sure. <laughs> He's amazing. But it writer. exposed to you that different rooms are different yeah, exactly tempo. Right. Yeah, yeah. You I, need to know the room and I work the room. Yeah. You know, well, he also bombed, so I knew I had to work the well, room. Well, you know <laughs> from just preaching all these years, there's a difference between getting up in a... Uh, uh, sanctuary of thousands. Oh yeah. To a small home group of 20, 30 to a Sunday school class of a hundred. Yeah. I mean, there's just totally agree. It's a different energy. Well, you know, bread and butter for, for a guy like me, who's not a big name is uh, corporate. Yeah. And so corporate is very similar to what he experienced. When you go to a corporate gig, those people did not pay to come see you. They're at a corporate event you know, a dinner, a fundraiser, or whatever that is. You're I'm just the, the entertainment. Entertainment. And I got to come out to, you know, maybe 40% of the crowd doesn't even like comedy. Right. Hate stand-up. It's like, I, this is not why I'm here. Drink too much. <laughs> right. And then I'm trying to make all of them and bring them all in. And that takes a lot of work. And sometimes, you know, I did one in front of like five or 600 in Hickory, North Carolina. And um, it was... It's a whole, it's a corporation. It's a um, waste management company. Yeah. Not waste management company. Right, The right, big right. one, but right. another one. It's a. Uh, another brand. And um, I had that problem. I went in, but a lot of them were the, the guys who drive the trash trucks. Oh. <laughs> so you got that group in there. Then you've got the uh, office people in the room. And then you got, you know, it's just a, a mix It's a of diverse people. demographic. Let me tell you. So the guys who are driving poo-poo the Poo-poo jokes will fit on one. Oh, and they would have loved it. <laughs> but the problem is the waste, the guys who are driving the trucks, uh, it's free alcohol. Oh. So by the time I got up, they have plenty to drink they They're were ready they did not even know it Tell was a worse. joke. it's worse than that <laughs> they were so wasted they didn't even care i was there and they were having their own conversations during my set oh man what am i you think do you honestly think that I'm going to challenge that no. while they're drunk? No. That was not going to happen because no. I knew I knew those guys knew places to bury me that I'd never yeah, be found. You'll never be found. <laughs> You'd be emulsified <laughs> by tomorrow. I, that was my opening whole joke was the guy, the guy who ran the place, I swear to you, I'm not making this up, was from New York. I researched him and he is born and raised in New York, moved here to take over this company. And uh, I don't think I didn't make the mafia connection. Uh, you know, <laughs> uh, I made that I've seen Sopranos. Early. I know how this works. <laughs> I, I did feel it necessary to get permission before I called him a mafia guy. Oh, <laughs> and I did. I did. He said, "You you can roast me all you want," and I did. Yeah, there was a lot of good moments in that one. I, the funny thing on that one too, some lady she uh, when I was talking, uh, and I said. You know, I did some research on the company and I've learned a little bit about you. And this lady goes, oh, did you see me? I said, no, ma'am, no, man. I saw you on a different site. (laughs) (laughs) That's one of my favorite little in the moment uh, quibs. I'm sure that got a laugh. Dude. And apparently she must have been the one everybody (laughs) felt fit. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) 
lost. It took me a while to recover. I mean, it was, and then she didn't know what to do. She's trying to protect herself. It did. It was, it's magic. There's moments like that that you just pray for. Well, there again, it's the target. You yes. pick the right target. That's right. Yeah. 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 But the audience is everything and it's knowing it regardless of what it is changing in the moment. The hard thing for me in the early days was I work my set. And I'm not going to deviate. I literally, whatever my set was, I went from beginning to end. And it was exactly in that order because I'm so nervous. I'm still trying to figure it out. I'm not comfortable. Right, so uh, you're clinging word, to the script. I did. And it's just now that I get more and more comfortable that you you're in the moment. It. It's like, okay. And even I was doing a show in Atlanta last night and, um, it well, you know the song. crowd. Yeah, and I just knew, okay, they're into it. I, but, you know, it was more, I, yeah, I could just wing it. I, I did a song that I wrote uh, on the fly, just pulled out my phone and plugged it in. And just because you could do that, right, you, know, you right. just know your audience, that audience was into it. And I'm like, you know, I can move it around and you just feel it out. And it's key to do that. If you don't. I would imagine doing those corporate gigs are tough, like you said, because it seems to me. You almost have to, at first, sell them on the idea of sitting through a comedy routine. Yes. Because they're not there for comedy. Whereas when you go to a club, they bought a comedy ticket. Correct. So you're having the, to do the a sales job. five minutes has got to be, and I do, what I end up doing is, you know, it sounds stupid, but I go to the website, I start researching the company, find the key players in well, the you're company. You're rapport building. <laughs> and you try to go in there and make friends. Yeah. So if you make fun of the president, okay, this guy's not too bad because we all hate him. Yeah. Uh, you know, you just find out whatever you can find out, start picking on things, start picking on their business. Yeah. You um, got to get some, find some common if ground. If I can get yeah. you with me, then maybe you'll listen to me for a little bit. Well, that's brilliant sales right there. Yeah. That's a sales job is what that is. It's work. And that's why, but hey, let me tell you something. I tell this to people all the time is if you had your picks of the gigs that you're going to take, mm -hmm. would, would that be the gig that you want to do as a comic? Probably not. However, the pay is so much better. It's like, nah, I'll put the work in. Right, I'll, right, it's right. Not, it's not the crowd I want to, but I'm going to figure out how to make them the crowd I want it to be. Well, yeah. I think that if I was understanding correctly off of some podcast I've listened to, comedy podcast, it's like Jay Leno, that's just about all he does is corporate gigs. So funny story, Jay Leno, my Christian, my son, mm -hmm. was in Vegas last week uh, for a uh Man, I guess I can tell this. I don't think it matters. He told me. So he's at this, it's a big banking convention of some sort. So Jalen, I was supposed to, there's a hand select group of people. Somehow he got into that group for a private show when you get to meet, hang out and talk to Jalen. Was Leno. this before or after the accident? So you already know what happened. So he yeah. has the accident, so he can't do the show. Oh. So they bring wow. in uh, Frank Caliano. Oh, the day of, I think the accident must have been that day or whatever. Yeah, because he had a thing in his garage. He he had to have surgery was that like, yesterday, but it was like Wednesday or Thursday. Yeah, right? yeah. So whatever the day Major was, major like, burns. He was supposed to be the next day. Mm -hmm. They call Frank, and um, I don't know if I should even say this, but I mean, let's just say it this way. Um, so Frank does it on the spur of the moment, and here's why Jay does only those shows: the amount of pay that they pay those guys. They could have paid him up to a certain amount that is way more. It's a lot of six figures mm -hmm. to get Frank there to cover. Flew him in a private jet, which in and of itself, you can imagine. Yeah. Just for a small group of people. Hand-selected, small group. They were guaranteed to hang out and get to talk to and be with the comedian. That's how much they paid him. Wow. That's why Jay only does those shows mainly now because the pay is off the chart. You know, he wants all this free time to do what he loves to do with cars and everything else. Right. So he's so, still making his Tonight Show money. Way more. Just by doing these small one-off gigs here and there. While he's playing with his cars. The work that goes into touring, you know, that you've got to hit these cities back to back. You're gone, you know, long, you know, time, uh, long periods of time. Uh, that's not appealing to a guy like Jay Leno. Sure. I mean, he's retired and he's, you know, he's, he's paid enjoy. his dues. So he just wants to go and collect his checks. Yes. <laughs> yes. And you know, it's funny because one of the things I loved about Seinfeld's, uh, thing, his special on Netflix, the last one he did was the whole thing. of, do you think I really need to be here? Yeah. I mean, his opening salvo really? was if you were me, <laughs> would you be up here doing that? I don't have to do this. <laughs> I got a lot of money. <laughs> I mean, I am taken care of. <laughs> I do this because I want to. Yeah. Hey, he's funny, too. Oh, uh, yeah. 
yeah. Uh, you might, I'm sure he made sick money on that. But what do you do? I mean, there has got to be a point where you go, yeah, I've got all the money in the world. Right well, now. <laughs> I, that to me, I think it goes back to what we're talking about, which is doing what you love to do. And yes. don't chase the money. Chase Correct. the, you know, the thing. Your passion. Your passion. And that is the question. And I am curious about this. I do love it. And even like last night, um, it, it turned weird and it, it only ended up having a handful of people at this show. It wasn't a big show. And, you know, a lot of guys would be like, and, and I, you know, I thought that way. I'm like, oh, crap, man. You know, it's a lot. I'm going to go up here and try to get energy. But they all paid to be there. Right. They wanted to be there. And when I get into it and they're having a great time, I'm having a great time. I swear to you, I'm not making this up. That's when you remember. It's like, that's why, that's I, do why I do this. Yeah. I don't care if it's a thousand people or whatever. I'll, if, if, if a handful of people are in the room and they really want to be in the room and they're laughing and I'm laughing and we're having a good time. Uh, which is kind of why I got into this. I, I, I love making people laugh. Genuinely yeah. uh, love making people laugh. And so there's no amount of money. Yeah. You know, that's just what we do. I think the motive that causes you and I to love comedy is the same motive that probably drove us to even ministry to right. a certain extent. Oh, no question. And it's the same thing that drives me. You know, I don't like doing these conferences we've done. You know, it's just stressful to me. Right. And somebody, but then you meet people in the elevator and they're crying about how this has changed. Right. And it's just, that's the that's the why. Right. And when you have a strong why, I forget which philosopher said it, but you you can do anything. I it, totally agree. You know. And it motivates you. It what yeah. wakes you up. It was what. It's why you drive all the way down to Atlanta in this crazy weather that we're having wet and cold and and fighting it god if you've never driven folks if you've never driven through atlanta <laughs> well just being in atlanta is a, a it nightmare. is that is the definition of hell yeah these, <laughs> these gigs i've been taking uh take a few of these during the week that i can go um they're like bars and wineries and stuff like that because i can get stage time to work work out new jokes they don't pay a whole lot but yeah i drove probably 12 to 18 hours over the last three days yeah to do a couple of shows but it was well worth it. I think it was a lot of fun. Uh, and I get to practice stuff and they don't care. And I even tell them, Hey, I might work some new jokes in. Nobody cares. I right. really have fun. And, and, uh, you just do it. That's cool. That's cool. That's great. Well, I told you my favorite joke. I won't put you on the spot, but do you have one ready that you can say, Hey, Yeah. I mean, I've got, I've got a bunch. We're going to probably do any of these. The one you'd want to share on. And by the way, guys, if you like this type of conversation and you like what we're doing here, this is what we're going to do over at WTFpodcast.fun. Make sure you go over there and sign up and join our uh, list over there because once these shows start coming out, uh, you'll be the first uh, to get alerted to them. Uh, Chris and I are working on uh, promoting or uh, producing them that is in the next coming weeks and we're going to have different comedians coming in we're going to be evaluating different comics that we like and uh, it's all around comedy and all that and for you tw3 members that are listening today as you always faithfully do and you're saying what does this have to do with business terry well i'm illustrating to you right now before your very eyes how you can do whatever it is you love whatever it is you love and build a business around it because uh, Chris and I both have got different ways that we're going to be monetizing this going. That's what on. I was going to say. We could talk about that for a second before I jump into mine. Sure. Go ahead. If you want. And um, so, you know, as a comedian, I, I need to create content right. constantly and have it uh, on my feeds. Right. And so that, you know, people see it, I stay relevant. The people that are followers of mine gets new content and so I need podcasts like this to create content to put on to my to my um, to my social media sites and to use to promote my brand. Right. Uh, to get to get leads for shows, which is no different than any business. Everything yeah. is about get a lead, follow yeah. up on the lead, try to land a lead and close them. and close it and get in there. And, and the product you're selling is a ticket. If, to me, it's a ticket. It's for me. Actually, it's a show. Right. My preference. It could be both, but or swag I'm trying to or book. You know, I'm trying to get places to book me. Uh, so that's one product. Second product would be to convince somebody to come to one of those shows yeah. that I'm doing. Or then third, like I said, it's product and um, whatever. They, I, I don't know. I haven't, we haven't really talked about this. I don't know if the podcast itself could produce revenue, but if it did, then you, you know, you monetize the, the delivery system if it's, if it's doable. Yeah. Um, and there'll be other ways that we can uh, monetize via trying to use the podcast itself to, 
pitch products. Or yeah, whatever. well, one of the ways I had thought uh, um, immediately about the way we could uh, monetize it, of course, TW3 would be a sponsor. Right. And so anybody that would be listening to just uh, comedy that has nothing to do with business, never thought about business, but maybe they're in business out there, but right. they're, they're listening to this podcast for the sheer entertainment of it, then they hear a, hey, uh, the website that Chris uses, the software that he uses and everything. And this is the same thing I do and it's a promotion and it, you know, it's all right. that. Plus uh, the platform we're putting it on over at Spotify. Once you get up to so many numbers, they will actually start asking you, do you want to pre-roll it? Which means they put an advertisement right up front before it gets started. And forever, uh, however many downloads you get, you get X amount and things like that. So there's, there's various ways there as well. You just got to think about what you're passionate about, then how do you put it out there and yeah. how to use it to roll and make money out of but it. Chase the passion, that's right. not the penny, and then the pennies will come. Right. Yeah. All right. So that's what, so what you, you were going to talk about your yeah, favorite. I, I would say that I would, I would, I'll do this one. I mean, I have several that, that are going to be on the podcast. I won't bring them up, but I, I will do one that I, I probably will still have on there. Um, that probably was the time that I was like, you know, I, I, this is something. So this I would is love to your do. joke. This is a joke. You no, no, no. This okay, is okay. Uh, somebody that it was the time in my head that flipped me to think, um, I want to do this yeah. and it's, um, Sinbad. Okay. Love Sinbad. So Sinbad was back, you know, I'm, I'm a little older. He was on, um, what the show similar to America's got talent, but it was back then. I don't know. I forgot it, but he wins talent it. search. It was a talent search type deal. Yeah. It? Star search, star search. Yeah. Um, uh, and he, he does that Jim. I think McMahon was the, yeah, the, I said Jim McMahon. John, uh, it's uh, not Jim. Ed, Ed McMahon. Yeah. He, uh, he, he was doing the show. So he wins that one. I, I start following him. I, I, I liked, I liked him and he had a comedy special. I was living in Fort Worth and me and my wife, um, I guess had been a VHS. We put it in. It's his comedy special. And he's in it. He, it was out of Atlanta when he did it. And he has a bit in there that to me, one, and this, what it um, articulates, that what was so cool about it and, and what about comedy, comedy really works when it connects with something you know. That's why sometimes people say things that are just obvious. Yeah. But you find it funny because you personally It resonates with it. you. And the one that hit me was um, he does a whole thing about and, and we'll play it on the podcast just to give you a heads up. But he he does a whole bit about um, about his mother spanking him. <laughs> That's just off the chart. The whole the whole concept was his dad went out of town on a business trip. Yeah. In that moment, you know, he he had confidence. He, <laughs> he wasn't could, there. He could run the race. And he had forgot. You know, he just forgot for a moment. <laughs> he just it slipped, and she told him. Um, he, you know, he didn't cut the grass and she said, you need to cut the grass before your dad gets home. And he goes, well, he's not here, is he? And, Ooh. and it goes on this whole tangent that is <laughs> absolutely brilliant about what his mom does to him. Uh-huh. Uh, and we'll play it. When uh, we do it. I love to it. me, Sinbad and his relatability, uh, he has a lot of those same techniques. One, he tells stories, which yeah. is what I love. I'm a storyteller too. Yeah. And uh, there's stories that, that, you know, mine might not all be relatable, um, but, um, there's stories that you can at least go, Oh yeah, that's, that's great. And, um, and then his physical humor to, uh, the way he talks, the way he carries himself, everything he does is just to me is, was masterful. Uh, he's not doing as much. I know he got sick at some point, but yeah, I think he had a struggle with cancer or something. Yeah. 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 So he was out for a little bit, but he's funny. He's one of those guys that you're right. The delivery is just well, he's my surprise one because most people wouldn't think Sinbad would be in my top list. But my reason is, I, mean, I do. He generally is regardless because I do think he's a very great comic. But uh, the specific thing was, it was at a moment in time where I said, you know, that interests me. Yeah, you know, I I would like to do comedy. I don't think I, I in my wildest dreams ever thought that I would I could ever even pull it off. Right. You know, it wasn't one of those things I said, oh, I'm going to do it. It was one of those I wish I could do it. Yeah, type of things, but I knew how would I ever do yeah. comedy? It was just so foreign to me, which is stupid. And if anything, we learned a lesson is is you know, don't always cast aside the ideas because it took me you know that, from that point to this point probably another twenty years, twenty five years before. But uh, the I seed was it. sown and it was there. And well, once it, yeah, you just gotta you gotta have the guts to sometimes pursue your passions. I think 
Um, any guts or stupidity? Well, a little bit of both, probably. <laughs> yeah, you gotta be a little crazy. Yeah, that's why I told someone the other day that we was talking about persistence. I said sometimes you just gotta be like me. You're too stupid to quit. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that's exactly right. You're just too stupid to quit. Um, I think art that makes you feel is going to have an impact, and it's that whole Maya Angelou quote, you know. We're, we often forget what people say, but we never forget how they make us feel. Mm. And some of the most memorable messages that I've ever heard a pastor preach or a speaker speak is something that moved me, mm. made me laugh, did something. You know, because I go back to, and I'm old, like, well, just like you. <laughs> old I'm, school. I'm a little older than you. But, actually, well, Jerry Clower. I mean, that's yeah. old school. Oh, I saw but Jerry Clower a lot. But he's, you know, that kind oh. Oh, yeah, shoot that thing. <laughs> shoot up here, monsters. <laughs> I say myself. <laughs> but those ICC. Isothermal community college. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but but those guys, I mean, I think it has to be something you resonate with. Yes. And of course we're people of the South, so his dialect, the way he carries is just like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I get that. And uh and sometimes you can say things that you you can hear things that you don't agree with, but because they made you laugh, they made you think. Right. And it's a powerful tool. Right. I don't know why any person that wants to have influence, and I mean, bringing it back to business, the more you can get people to lower their guard and hear your right. your argument, right. the better served. Right. Yeah, I mean, punching somebody in the face never works. I, that's what my, I got a whole joke on um, about social media. I just, it's it's, you know that there are people who actually think that their post is going to make, it will make a difference (laughs) anywhere. It doesn't make it. All you've done is um, probably push away people that love you dearly. And um, it's depressing. Put fire under people who don't need any more fire under them. That's the, to me, it's the psychological breakdown of society. (laughs) Yeah, I totally agree. And I think the key to it and what, for me, it's when those people are up there, I, I, the word I've always used is passion. You can tell the difference in a person who has passion about something and someone who doesn't. And we are, we are um, inspired. We're challenged. We are, uh, and we like, and we're drawn to, people of passion i'm compelled to change when i see and i'm around people that even if you don't agree with it yeah at least go i respect that and i think if you love what you do and you're passionate about it it will show somehow now you know me and you were both a little bit more gregarious so it's going to come out in our our physical language sure for some it might be in how they do it and how well they do something and the, the vigor in which they do something but passion always shows to the positive to the negative sure absolutely and so you can just evaluate your situation and tell whether or not you're where you need to be if you're doing what you're supposed to do yeah but it's powerful man and i I love it and i hope people will follow us over there at wtfpodcast.fun that's wtfpodcast.fun we're going to be talking about why is this funny we're going to break it down and you know i can already tell for me it's going to help me understand a little bit more about myself because a lot of times what makes you laugh is very telling (laughs) <laughs> yes very much so very much you're gonna learn a lot about each other yeah and how sick we are and how depraved or how brilliant my oldest daughter <laughs> i'm telling you right now sometimes i cringe at things she laughs at because her sense of humor is oh, the best way to describe it schadenfreude if someone gets hurt she is gonna laugh hysterically i mean she loves the if if i fall down those steps i hope someone's here other than gabrielle to help me because well she has a funny laugh too ellen herself so that doesn't that doesn't help anything and when you're hurt it's a little annoying listen i cut the tip of my finger off a couple years ago and she was over on the couch laughing hysterically and i'm bleeding out needing someone wow maybe that's just her way of coping with bad situations i hope because i know she cares let's give her a little bit of credit i doubt it because she's a wilson but it's possible oh my word oh my word well you got any uh dates you got coming up that you want to promote real quick yeah the big thing that's going on right now that i'm pretty excited about i'll i'll sit here and and probably by the time this is released it'll all be out um but uh we're i i just um i don't know signed a deal yeah uh uh, that seems a little whoa, son. The deal. I just made a deal with a guy that uh, we're going to be doing. A, is it uh, huge? 
It's a huge. Is it deal. big? It's a big deal. It, well, for the me, the biggest it, deal of comedy. Me, it's the biggest deal from my comedy career, <laughs> and that is next year. I'm doing my first uh, national uh, tour uh, nice. with a guy named Johnny W. Johnny you can w. find him at Johnny J O N N I E W dot com. And um, yeah, so we're going to be uh, hitting the road next year, going to a whole bunch of cities, and so obviously, uh, go to our web, go to my website. It's all there. Um, and all the information about it will be on there as well. And, yeah, so if I'm coming to a town near you, I uh, would love for you to come out and see me, yeah. me and Johnny. And the cool thing, too, is, you know, you can even help. Um, we're, we're still in the process of adding dates yeah. to that tour. So if uh, if you have a venue or your church uh, or a theater locally in, in your city, in your area, you have some contacts that you could help connect us with there. Um, you know, we, we would love to hit the whole country. And business owners out there, if you're doing seminars like I do and conferences, uh, I use Chris every time we have a conference. It's, he does MC work. He yep. does the comedy stuff. And so it's yeah, my, a, my big three, MC, speaker, yeah. uh, comedy. And I can intermix them or I yeah. can do just the one. Uh, one of the fun things to do is MCing is a whole lot of fun just being the guy who keeps things moving along yep. and keeping it entertained and bringing up people and uh, I research, prepare for everything. So yeah, I'd love to love yeah. to do that as well. So, look him up over at chrisroop.com. That's R-U-P-P-E.com. Chris build C-H-R-I-S-R-U-P-P-E.com. We'll link to it in the show notes as well. But check him out over there. And uh, it's a great way to reward your people that's coming to your seminars and your conferences uh, to have a little bit of comical relief. And, and if you're a solopreneur like me, it's always nice to have someone that's another voice up there keeping things moving along like he does for our You Are Worth More conference. So that is cool. So look us up. I'm looking forward to this. It's going to uh, be fun. Make yeah. sure you share it. Help us out. Help us get the word out on it. Yeah, uh, Spread it out on your own social medias for us when you... And we go live. Yeah. So if you like comedy and you like breaking it down and nerding out on it and just looking for something to, uh, you know, uh, stop staring at all the negativity out there and, and look at something that will actually make you laugh, go over to WTF. Why is this funny podcast dot fun? And then don't forget, they can also uh, learn new comedians to listen to. New comedians will be over there. You some, maybe you don't know who to listen to. We're going to show yeah, you. Yeah, we might not be your cup of tea, but there'll be other people over there yeah, that uh, you'll be exposed to that are maybe some of them are on a national level and some are just starting out. And you can uh, sort of pick uh, the ones, the rising stars as they uh, they come up. So yep. check them out. Until next time, we will see you later. Thank you for listening to our show today. If you have any questions or would like to speak with us about your goals, then please call or text us at 864-507-9696. Reach out to us online at terrywilson3.com. 